Welcome in, it's Nerd Hero. It's another week, and it's all three of us back. What's up, fellas? Doing, Doing good, well, man. Yeah. Yeah? Good good week? So far, so good. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, we still get the strikes going on. So, obviously, we're not really covering anything new that's coming out, though. We might have to, like, break that no streak whenever Ahsoka comes out. You know, because we probably going to have to talk about that at least at least at the end of the show. Maybe maybe in a few months. Maybe the writer strike will be over. But they, uh, that's they're making progress, by the way. Not they are. Enough. Yeah, they are. I, they I are. made a I made a little prediction, right? Yeah. The VFX industry. You did. In. You did. I mean, it makes sense. Yep. Oh, long overdue. That was weeks ago. A long time ago, but like I'm I'm glad that they jumped in and are putting their weight behind it because I told you it was going to help them. I I think you did. I uh, well, let me not sing. Victory yet, but I think that like it could help them yeah. get to where they want to be. Yeah, you did, folks. Go back and listen if you haven't listened to that podcast yet. We talked about the strike. Guess really did say the the VFF uh, VFX artists are next. So, boom, there it is. You heard it here first on Nerd Hero. You did. You did hear it here first. You know, you know, Nostradamus and maybe Nosferatu. I don't know. <laughs> no, any either one of those things. But today, though, we thought we we're gonna have a lot of fun with this one. And we were thinking about, okay, what what cool things can we talk about that's not along the same beaten path that we normally do? You know, we try to mix it up between video games and movies or shows or any other kind of tech. But this one we decided to have some fun with. You know, it's not going to be, we're not going to deep dive into these things like fully, fully. But we're going to have some fun and we are going to each talk about our top five sci-fi movies that we enjoy each. Of all time. Of all time. So, Plan 9 from Outer Space, I doubt made any of your lists, unless you're watching Mystery Science Theater 3000's version, making fun of it. But other than that, I'm sure that's probably not on either of y'all's lists. But still. See, now I regret not trolling you guys. Yeah. should have done it. I know. That's what I was telling John. I was like, I had already previously made a Battlefield Earth joke on the podcast. I'm like, well, that's just too obvious. To I put. think I need to edit my list now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, let me scratch that one off. <laughs> Maybe I'll throw in like an honor, honorary mention. An honorary mention, yeah. And that is, uh, it's usually a, you gotta have something good like that. But, you know, we don't want to, uh, you know, have any further ado with it. So, John, tell us your top five. Okay, start number five. Right. The Matrix. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's a solid one. I'm not gonna argue with that one. Obviously one of the most iconic and uh, revolutionary films of all time. Oh, absolutely, gosh. Like, 1999, when that movie came out, the marketing for that mm. movie, was one, was amazing. It was ahead of its time. What is TheMatrix.com, right? And Yeah. I mean, I'm going to date myself here uh, in high school, and I cannot help but, like, every lunch period, we'd be talking about, do you know what The Matrix is? I don't know what The Matrix is. Do you know what it is? I mean, again, this is, like, before the internet really boomed. Well, yeah, uh, word, word got around weirdly. It did. Too. Like, it felt more mysterious because it wasn't so easy to, like, see what somebody else was tweeting about or whatever. Yeah. And the thing about that movie, too, is, like, the teaser trailer was as good as the movie itself, which mm. I hate nowadays, where sometimes the teaser trailer is, like, the best thing about it. I mean, yeah. After two hours watching the flick, you're like, oh, gosh, I'd just be better served with a 90-second teaser and just leave mm-hmm. it at that. But this movie, I thought, really delivered. Yeah. Uh, and it changed the genre with bullet time. And, yeah, there was overused. To a degree, uh, it is my other movies, but I mean, it was revolutionary at the time. Yeah, it really was, and I think all of us remember back to what nineteen ninety nine, right, when the Matrix came out. Yep. Yeah, it changed the way that movies are done and the way that people view view sci fi movies. 
uh, because it kind of crossed genre, it not even crossed genres, but it brought in a, a much broader audience. Oh, yeah. Than, than normal, other than like Star Wars, right? Sci fi type it films. Yeah, about people dressed. Yeah, it did. <laughs> that, that, I mean, I remember I wanted my Neo shades, right? And, yeah. And like, but given the year that it was released, yeah, being a huge Star Wars fan. I was like, man, I, I love Star Wars and Phantom Menace, the lightsaber right, But then I was, I was like, mm-hmm. but this Matrix movie is so cool. It was like the yeah. epitome of cool. It was. Right? It, it, like it Star Wars cool. was Star Wars, right? Yep. It was momentous and whatnot, but mm-hmm. The Matrix, that was just a cool movie. And I thought, obviously, that movie aged better than Star Wars and Phantom Menace did. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, great movie. Love it. Still watch it to this day. Yeah, that uh, it is a great one. Well, good pick. It is a good pick. So my f- number five... I, I doubt this one's on your list, but if you go and think it's a great one, but it's Ex Machina. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's my, I, I love that movie. Me too. It's a very unique, and obviously gets into that AI realm as we are into it now, but really, that was one of the first movies that I could think of that really touched on that. And I mean, it's a really unique movie, and I think the fact that the majority of it kind of takes place and this enclosed space makes it feel very claustrophobic. And it's not necessarily like a haunted house movie, right? It's not really like that. But it does help you understand like, and dive a lot into like the consciousness of AI. Like, what, what is this? And how personal can AI get? And now we're seeing, like, wow, like insane amounts of the manipulation that AI can do, right? I think what's cool about that movie is it's not just like how scary AI can be, but how scary people can be. Exactly. That's where I was going to go with it. It shows you how people can utilize it. Yeah, I saw it like a lot of it advertised a little bit modern, like a telling of Frankenstein. I never really saw it like that because it wasn't really, it wasn't really like that. Did you guys see it like that? I, I kind of saw some comparisons I, to it. I mean, yeah, there's, it's a little there's, bit. there's parallels there with it for sure. Yeah. I think, like, like I said, the bigger takeaway for me was how abusive he was of her because of how mm-hmm. he saw her being less than man, right? Yes. And, and when in reality, she's more in some ways, you could argue, right? So yeah. that, that I think, was more like the, the thing that, that I kind of have more of an impression from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it does. It plays you know, with like the boundaries of human nature mm-hmm. a little bit. And mm-hmm. that's where it just, it's, a, it's just a... It's a tough movie to watch sometimes because it's it's a very it's tense and almost awkward movie at, at certain points, but the acting and the, the writing is just spectacular. So, um, but yeah, it's just one of my favorites to sit down and just watch and kind of marvel at sometimes. I agree with the spot you put it in too. Yeah. Like it's good, but it's not that good. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's I mean, not I, number I, one. I love it, but it's not like a iconic movie to me. It's a fifth I round draft pick. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, like, but you know, it's, it's Arliss, right? So, like, you know, I'm I was sure you'd be nicer than that, but all right. Yeah, I'm sure you guys wouldn't put it in your top five or even top ten, maybe. But I just that's I just like the movie a lot. Absolutely, yeah. I like it. It's too. a good pick. Yeah, yeah. not necessarily in, in my top five, but definitely a fantastic sci-fi movie. Underrated too. A lot of people forget about mm-hmm. it. All right, so my number five is Back to the Future Two. Yeah, the reason Part Two and not Part One is because Part Two does a hell of a lot of storytelling gymnastics to weave into the first one seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Like, in a way, almost that feels like they wrote part two before part one. Zemeckis has done some weird stuff later on in his career, 
but those movies were fantastic and two I feel like was phenomenal that tying into the first one was insane it was so cool and then I mean for, from from every angle if you want to talk about visual effects you want to talk about writing acting they really absorbed their characters a thousand percent by that time like they were totally into it in, in the first one but by the second one like all these guys knew exactly how these characters worked inside out in order to make them play like seamlessly well with each other i love that movie yeah and they predicted the cubbies to win the series i was literally thinking the same thing <laughs> i knew thing. you were thinking that almost raised fans <laughs> made it by, by a year they missed it and it, crazy? It, it, did, it did a lot of predictions they did it did a prediction for miami too they did. That's yeah. right. They did. Oh, mm-hmm. They also did a prediction for Trump. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I mean, Biff, Biff's, that's, they modeled Biff, literally modeled Biff in that movie off of Trump in the 80s. That's what's so mm-hmm. funny about it. Is they just, I, there really is, uh, I agree, man. I, I almost put that in my top five. I really did because it's weird with, because I yet again, it's I think the same thing with Star Wars. I just love that the franchise as a whole so much that it's hard for me to put just one of the movies in it. I know it sounds crazy, but mm-hmm. it's like I even like three, even though it's kind of ho- really hokey, but it's same. still fun. But two is an awesome movie. Yeah, I'd love Back to the Future too. Yeah, it's a good pick. Yeah, definitely. And I should have picked that. I, I, I yeah, had it and I raised it. Yeah, I did. I was like, yeah, I love this movie, but I like all of them. So it's, it's tough. It's tough to put just one in there. Awesome. I got a sequel here on my list. So. Okay, you me may too. want to fight me for one or two of them, but yeah. Me too. No, I, I feel I, like we're doing fantasy I, football drafting right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. It does seem like that. I think we probably all have one of them on the list. But, uh, but anyway, go ahead. You're number four, John. Yeah, number four. So Ghost in the Shell. Not the one with Ghost. Scarlett Johansson. It's the 1995 yeah, animated movie from Mamoru Oshii. I love that movie. It was ahead of its time. The animation style was amazing. They used new technology. There's just little nuances in the movie. Like even in the opening credits when they have the names, it's all binary language that comes up and it puts the name on the screen and the music's amazing. But it was definitely had a story that's very much relevant today. You know, Ghost in the Shell being like if, you know, machines became self-aware and there's like a ghost, if you will, and it's taken over financial markets, uh, military, all of that stuff. So definitely an awesome movie. It's only like 90 minutes in length, so it's a quick watch, but... Uh, I have to check that out. I honestly yeah. have not seen that. Or no, yeah, nor the, com- nor I gotta the, confess, I've never seen it either. Yeah, depending on, and, 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 it, and it appeals to a broader audience too because you can watch it just for the sci-fi aspect of it, but mm-hmm. you can also watch it for like a love story as well between the main protagonist. So it's a great movie. It's Japanese animation. That's another thing I love. Sure. Um, and then when you got Japanese animation with sci- science fiction, I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah. So... I like Ghost it. Ghost in the Shell, 1995 version. Don't watch the live action version. It's not bad, but it's not great yeah. as the original 95. So my fourth one is The Edge of Tomorrow. Okay. Mm. I love that movie. Live, die, repeat. Yep. I love that movie. I don't know why. I, I love that stinking movie. It's great. There's a lot of practical I know effects why. in that, It's too. really good. It's, it's a great movie. It really is. It's one, of my, it's one of those I can go back and rewatch all the time. It's... Obviously a newer movie, but I really loved the concept of it. I enjoyed it. Yet again, Tom Cruise does not make terrible movies. He usually has a pretty good gauge of a fun script or something that he can do that, that's going to appeal to the masses, right? And I don't know. I just I love that movie. I love Edge of Tomorrow. That movie is an accidental video game movie. Like, it accidentally does first-person shooter yeah. as a film in a way that I don't think it intended to. 
I'm embarrassed. I haven't even seen the movie, but you've never seen Edge of Tomorrow. I have not. It's not that wow. I don't want Dude, to. You'll it's, love it. Man. I just haven't come to it. So it's I'm going to add that to my watch list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt are awesome in this movie. It's a and it, the, the story. It's never boring, even though literally you're replaying the day over and over, like Groundhog Day. It's it's like Groundhog Day. I think Groundhog Day and. And like a war movie at the same time. It's just, you're kind of putting that together. And it's really interesting, but it never gets stale, even if you're seeing the same stuff and you kind of know what to expect from it. It's actually really, it's done really well. And I thought it was a really, it's a great sci-fi movie. Didn't it come out around the time of when they did Doom, the movie? I think it came out, I think it came out after Doom. It came out after Doom. But the one with The Rock in it? Yeah, because that was terrible. Oh, that thing was a piece of crap. Yeah, there was so about that, three that movie, minutes that were awesome. When but that movie wanted to yeah. do that movie wanted to do a movie version of the first person shooter genre of video games, and it fell flat on its face. Meanwhile, this movie comes along, doesn't even yeah. come in with the intent of doing that, and nails it. In my opinion, right, and and that's why I feel ashamed because I'm a video gamer and I love first person shooters, Halo, the, all those different properties. And when I watched the trailer. For Edge of Tomorrow, I got those vibes, right? That this is like inspired by a video game, right? It's not like a straight up video game adaption, but it's at least inspired from it. Mm-hmm. So there's it has gonna be to some be. like yeah, I've never nuances looked into... there, and like even in, like in a two minute trailer, I was able to extrapolate right. that, right? Yeah. And so I definitely need to it's, add that to my an, watch list. Yeah, it's an easy movie to understand, and it's it all makes sense. I mean, obviously it's a sci fi movie. You're dealing with aliens. One of them, is, I don't want to ruin it for you, but yet again, it's like basically it gets to the point where Tom Cruise's character can relive the day over and over again, and they fig- and to figure out how to beat the aliens, right? So that's kind of the way that it works. But it's just an interesting and cool concept that they, mm-hmm. like us, that they really executed beautifully for that kind of film. All right, so my number four, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's a great one. Yeah, I yeah. The there's movie. my there's my hot take. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Is better than the original. Sorry, not sorry. It is better. I think it nails the vibe of it in a very. How do I say this in a way that makes me sound credible? The it took the concept of the original and gave it the vibe that the original lacked. The original has much more of a noir, mm-hmm. right? Feel like yep, a, a very almost like by the book noir type of film. But this takes it in a different moody way. Ryan Gosling plays that character in an awesome way. Deckard gets brought in in a way that makes perfect sense. It's not like what they did with, well, with Han Solo in, in The Force <laughs> Awakens, right? They, they didn't bring him in for funsies. It or was, Indiana Jones. It was crucial to the plot, and it helped push the plot along, and it didn't take away from the new characters that they had introduced. Fully agree. So, yep. to me... And it's a movie that I gotta say, the first time I watched it, I didn't like it. I thought it was boring. I thought it was unnecessary. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't get into it. And then I watched it again, and I really kind of let myself absorb it because it is a slow burn movie that you really do have to like turn off your phone, get rid of distractions, let yourself get sucked into that world. And when you do, and you really start to like appreciate the nuance of it, that movie is brilliant. It's one of the best looking. Oh, movies yeah. out yeah. there like when I watch Visually, it yeah. I have that on my iTunes account and I have that Dolby Vision lights off it looks absolutely gorgeous yeah, it does. and to your point earlier about like sci-fi sequels you know again with Back to the Future 2 it's like yeah that's a straight up sequel but 
Blade Runner 2049. That's a legacy sequel. Yes, it is. And you hit the nail on the head on how to do it right. How you bring those legacy characters back in and honor those characters and have a legitimate bona fide legacy sequel. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that pick. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you guys. Said. And it got trashed so much. Like I don't know why people took such a dump on it and and just didn't. I, I feel like it, it's a really underappreciated sequel slash reboot. I, I think I, if it released today, it would perform better because of all the yeah. superhero fatigue that's think, going on. Yeah, that's true. I think it was that's just true. a bad. It was just bad timing. That's that's a fair point it, because I think that it came out during the height of the superhero. It did movement. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry to say, probably people didn't even know that it was based on another movie, uh, an original movie. I, I'm mm-hmm. going to go on, on a limb and say that some of these people, even that write for some of these movie websites, don't even realize that Blade Runner exists, the original. <laughs> so, I, yeah, that that's a great fit. Love that movie. Number three, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. District Nine by Neil Blomkamp. It, this movie was amazing going back to the marketing uh like the trailers got me hooked a lot of practical effects completely original story yeah and south africa right and you have the alien colony there and just just an amazing story but beyond the special effects and and just the science fiction aspect of it there's a really beautiful story that's going on and that's happening right yep uh you sympathize with and I forgot the the main character's name. Uh, not not only the human, but the alien. Yes. As well, right? And he's trying to get home and yep. and whatnot. So I thought it was just an, a really really cool story, and it's almost like that alternate reality, mm-hmm. right? It is approach. Uh, another bias. <laughs> Going back to Neil Blomkamp, uh, I don't want to spoil my next pick, but I will say he was also pegged at one time to uh, work on a Halo movie. He did do some mm-hmm. Halo commercials so when you look at those halo commercials and you see district nine you see there's parody between the two mm-hmm. so i really loved seeing district nine although i would love to see master chief live action not the one on paramount plus but oh, an actual honoring of the, yeah. the franchise if anyone could do it it'd be nil bomb he yeah. always would have done a fantastic job he really was he's yeah. been bumped from a couple franchises halo and i believe an alien movie too he was yeah hold, definitely hold, i have a thought alien. on that here coming out spoiler yeah. alert so. Yeah. so my third one we're gonna have our first overlap blade runner 2049 all right yeah nice. I, yeah i love that movie it's it's everything you guys said is 100 percent the truth just i yeah i i, I just think that it it really, if people go back and rewatch it, if they haven't seen it since it came out or they didn't give it a chance when it came out, it's a really awesome sci-fi movie. It's a really awesome sequel or legacy sequel, I guess, kind of like how Top Gun Maverick was. And it just enhances that story and that world so much. Top Gun Maverick, another one that, in my opinion, is better than the original. Yeah. Oh, I don't, think I don't even would fight with me on that one. anybody's going to fight with you on that one. The first, that, one is, that one's a hokey... 80s movie this that's this one Tyler Mavis is a straight up action just masterpiece mm-hmm. that's put on film but yeah so there that you know we don't have to go into any more detail on it because we've already talked about it but yeah mine's Blade 2049 that's my third one it's damn good yeah it's great number three for me is Aliens so again a part two right mm-hmm. but a part two because I mean as as good as a job as Ridley Scott did bringing 
that whole you know him being the brainchild behind all of it James Cameron took it to oh, the next yeah. level with Alien he did he clearly like studied the first one not just from like a storytelling standpoint but also from like a character perspective and really brought that back into a script that like mm -hmm. hashed out really in a way that she didn't get a chance to express in the first one and it's still built on like the badassery of what was introduced there too so that and i mean the whole the action sequences the battle with the queen and the lifting at the end i mean like every everything that he brought into that movie from a technical filmmaking standpoint on top of the storytelling is freaking phenomenal yeah and it still holds up so so well i was going through hulu trying to see trying to justify why i should keep it because <laughs> they're gonna hike the prices and it was there so i rewatched it and i was like damn this is good it is so damn good man it is that's something like this under your belt as a filmmaker must feel incredible you know and he's got several he's got, so, he's got yeah. a lot of, he's got say a lot. there's no such thing as a perfect film but that one that you can make very, an very argument to say to it perfect, is yeah. very yeah. close to a perfect movie the beats are perfect the music the acting the mm -hmm. everything the pacing yeah it could not have been better yeah you know it's it's the godfather part two for that's Alien. a good it's what it is. It's just that it, yeah. it makes it, you know what I mean? It, that's what it does for Alien. It enhances, God, the, it original. enhances the original, mm -hmm. which is already an amazing film. It does things that, you know, you're just, you're watching it like, God dang, this is just a freaking cool movie. And then. He managed to make it more terrifying. The Xenomorph is more terrifying. He did. In the second one. He did. Which is, the first one is, everybody knows, it's the haunted house in space. That's exactly what it is. You know, it's one xenomorph, but that's what it is, right? And then you have aliens, and you're like, oh, okay, well, holy crap. Uh, you just did this. And it's amazing. The but stakes are way higher in that movie. They are much uh, higher. The The emotional weight behind everything is, is much higher. Everything about that movie is, is on point. Yep. Can't agree more. John, what's number two for you? It's getting interesting here, folks. Number two, Blade Runner, The Final Cut. Okay. And and so I was teeter-tottering between Blade Runner, The Final Cut, and Blade Runner 2049, because I couldn't have both on my list, and it's, it was so hard. This is probably my hardest pick that I had to decide yeah. on. I think it's just more or less the experience I had first watching uh, Blade Runner, mm -hmm. and then watching the director's cut, and then watching the final cut, and just going through that whole experience, right? And just seeing the nuances, how this one differed from the prior cut, and how the ending was different. So, so you you saw the original like when it was when it was not when it was released, movie. but like I just watched it in sequence. I actually have all versions on my iTunes account, and I just nerded out and watched them in that sequence because I just wanted to take it all in because I remembered. How I knew about our intro was introduced about Blade Runner was just in a random DVD extra for a whole other movie that not a separate genre, but they were talking about like the production was so difficult when they were making the Blade Runner, and so I watched the documentary. It was like two plus hours in length with Ridley Scott and the whole crew talking about the difficulties of watching, it. and that was how I was introduced to it. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to watch the original and all these variants thereafter. And but yeah, 2049 is superb movie. Like everything I said earlier was right on point. It was just kind of a flip of a coin between the two. And I think it was just more from an experience that I had watching all of those that's, together. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it's your, your experience with either one is going to 
dictate which one you're gonna gravitate more. Like, like if you've got an emotional attachment to the final cut because that's kind of like the one that you've had close to you for so many years leading up to 2049 is relatively new. Then I could see how that's hard to let go of, you know? Yeah. But for me, I never had like much of an attachment to the original. And then the new one kind of like provided like the second shot for me to get attached to it. And then it worked and it took two viewings, but like, yeah. Yeah. And again, with like both films, I love that whole detective plot thread, right? And the mystery box and and whatnot. And both Ryan Gosling as Kay and Deckard, you know, with uh, Harrison Ford there. I mean, both of them played their roles admirably. And again, like to what you said earlier, Joey, it's like the legacy sequel elevates the original. And so that was another thing as well when I watched Blade Runner 2049. I really enjoyed it. But guess what I did right afterwards? I went back and watched the final (laughs) cut of Blade Runner, right? And and it's... And I thoroughly enjoyed both of them. Like I said, it's a flip of a coin on this. You're it, go it's, wrong it's a phenomenal movie. And, yeah. and from a visual effects standpoint, like what it achieved during its time was amazing. I mean, it still has like a quality to it that is, it's hard to really beat. Even though there's like certain effects in there that obviously you could pull off a lot better now. And like th- there's, there's maybe more efficient ways to do it. Right. But there's, there's a, there's a tactile feel to that movie that is, is hard to replicate. Right. Today, mm-hmm. I think. And, Speaking of that, like with replicants, right? The mm-hmm. the final scene with Deckard and I forgot the replicant's name. He's played by uh, he passed uh, Rutger. Oh, Rutger Howard, right? Rutger Howard. I love that scene. Just yeah. the way it's shot, like with the rain and then the neon mm-hmm. lights and all that. It's like sad, but you like okay, you get it in a way. And he's a great villain. Oh, he, he really is. is. Like he, he is because you. He's a great villain in a way that I would say Jared Leto is. Not as much in 2049. I, I, I do like, for, for yeah. all that I don't like Jared Leto, I think he did a good job with what he has there, but I, I don't think it beats the replicant from, yeah. from the original. Well, the final thought I have on this, though, is like, whoever did set design for Blade Runner movies, mm. they need to educate a lot of the movie makers nowadays because, I mean, they're a class of, it, of their own when well, it you, comes to set design. It's, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, well, you saw the, the documentary, so you saw some of the things that they did to pull off the set design. <laughs> I can't remember where it is, like one of the bars or if it's in Decker's apartment, but there's wall texture that's basically just like the back of some tile that they there's those buildings or something yeah. like that. Like there's little tricks like that that they did Lots because things look vaguely sci-fi. Well, I've got overlap on my my next one too, and that's District Nine. It's my number my second favorite sci-fi movie. That movie A is just a beautifully shot film and the special effects and and everything but you know it's deepness uh, of what it offers uh you know being basically just it represents apartheid in south africa i mean that's that's what it represents yeah, um, it's powerful social commentary it is mm-hmm. huge social commentary and you you watch it and you it's hard if you're just not affected by it because you really, you know, if you don't like sci-fi movies, it's hard to probably keep your attention on it. But if you like good movies, this is a movie where you're going to feel something after you watch it. And it just happens to be a sci-fi movie. It happens to be aliens. And you, you understand, you know, it, it gets caught up in that. And it, and it has this parallelism of like Nazi Germany a little bit too. Because you have like the people just following orders, right? And then it's the seeing the error of the ways and, and that relating to the people that they're, you know, oppressing and and they're oppressing aliens. Like think about that. Like it's so crazy, right? That these aliens with this technology 
have a ship that breaks down over Johannesburg, and they're the ones with all this technology, all this, they get crapped on yet again by the the beauty of humans, right? Of course, we're going to try to take and do all this. So it's just, it's such a powerful movie and and just an incredible sci-fi movie that is nominated for an Oscar, should have been. Okay, so my number two, Terminator 2. Terminator 2, again, Jim Cameron, but man, can you really argue with it? No. I'm an Arnold fan, you guys know that. I love Arnold, up and down, everything he's done. But this is like peak Arnold and action filmmaking and sci-fi, the 80s side or well, 90s sci-fi, I guess, but like really building all up on, on all of that in, in into what is, for me, like one of the most perfect sci-fi movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And not just from like an action standpoint, sci-fi, but like also about telling a really important story that depending on where you're looking at it from in terms of age, in terms of status, in terms of culture, can mean a lot of beautiful things. Like the story of John Connor finding his father figure in what is ultimately a piece of what introduced all this chaos into mm-hmm. the world is, is a is a complex and like multi-layered and, and beautiful thing to like introduce and let you chew on. Yeah. If you have time for it in the middle of this insane action spectacle with technical uh you know first times for all kinds of stuff i mean this is like what ilm for the first time flexing muscle in a way that it becomes kind of like part of the conversation for like the layman you know what i mean Mm -hmm. before that obviously they had a presence and everything they had a lot done a lot of amazing things but what they pulled off there i want to say i want to say that I've, i've read that the technology there is what inspired later on spielberg take on the cgi feet of jurassic park and things like that yeah right which Mm -hmm. in turn is what inspired lucas to go back to the star wars prequels Mm -hmm. later on for better or worse and just it it did a lot to like kickstart visual effects from that point forward but even if you were to neglect all of that it's still a beautiful movie in my opinion so yeah, I can kick two. my own butt for not including that in my top five because yeah. I, I watched that like yeah multiple times and yeah I guess all your takes I'm like a hundred with you on all of that yep. and I, I I love kind of the this the theme and the story and the message if you will it tells the audience in a way that it's not invasive like in your face but it just naturally comes about and it really comes through in the ending with Sarah. And her monologue, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, she now has this sense of hope towards the future, which she never, she didn't have since she was first attacked by the Terminator, right? Is because of machine found the value of life. Maybe we can too, as humans. You know, going back to your District Nine take, right? Mm-hmm. As humans, it's like, it's like, ah, oh, I get it, right? And it yeah. was a perfect ending. That in the then the screen goes black, yeah, right? It's a beautiful yep. message. And, it's and like, they yeah, never should have made another one, they right? All, just no, all, right there. No. And, it, I think I sent you guys that meme the other day where it was like Arnie says the sequels throw them into molten lava, right? And but yeah, man, yeah. that 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 movie 
it, you couldn't <laughs> ask for anything better. And the special, I mean, it came out in 91. 91. But when you watch it nowadays, you have to question what year it truly came yeah, out because the special effects were, I mean, amazing and it stood the test of time. But mm-hmm. I remember watching the making of documentary and James Cameron talked about the abyss, right, with mm-hmm. the water. And he's like, okay, yeah. I want, uh, he always had this idea of with liquid metal and you get to see that. And like movies nowadays, they try to do it. It just doesn't look right. Because sometimes they go yeah. too far on the CGI, right? Whereas in this movie, they had the CGI, but then they still had the practical effects on Robert Patrick. Right. right? And he has the shotgun exactly. mm-hmm. rounds put in them. And, and that is that is why it works so well. So if, if you really, the only, if you really pay attention to when the T-1000 is CGI, it's only when they couldn't do it physically. It really feels like he tries in every way, can this shot be done practically? Mm-hmm. If I truly cannot make a guy out of liquid metal, then he's going to have to be liquid metal for this one shot. And I think you really start to count the shots like where it's all fully CGI. Very few, man. Very, very mm-hmm. few. Compared to how many real practical animatronics and suits and things they built, special effects makeup that they brought in, they rely so little on the CGI. And very strategically for the times when they just cannot possibly do it any other way. And and that's the opposite now for a lot of movies where because the reality of it is like you got a lot of pressure on you from studios, a lot of money is riding on you and getting something out the door by a certain day. So you don't have time to really give things the love that they had at that time, you yeah. know, for like these carefully crafted sci fi stories. Yeah. You have to get it out the door with whatever CGI you got on hand, that's how you end up with the flesh. Right. Yeah. And exactly. Well, that's a great that's a great point. And I don't think yeah. and I know he he's passed and God rest his soul, but I don't think he's ever had a bad movie, that being Stan Winston. Mm-hmm. And I can't and we we're talking about teaser trailers, right, with the Matrix. Now when I think about it, the Terminator two teaser trailer was probably the most epic one I, I remember. Because Stan Winston, he was the architect behind that. They're like, Hey, we just need Arnie get him off the kindergarten cop set, you know, have his hair go slick back, right? And we're in a factory. And those were majority of all practical effects and the music was just crazy. But you didn't know, was he going to be the bad Terminator right. or the good Terminator? Because mm-hmm. he was, Arnie was doing, he was the good guy at that time, yes, right? And and so that's, again, just the practicality of the effects that uh, even in a teaser trailer, it goes such a long way. Even if you play the arcade game, that's how the the opening credits, it's that same teaser trailer, mm-hmm. Stan Winston. There, it's so, funny. It's amazing. It's also funny that James Cameron was going, or they wanted to have O.J. Simpson play the Terminator in the original Terminator movie. and But they, I'm not lying to you on this, they said that they just, they just couldn't picture him as a killer. This well, is not a stand-up actually, joke. Well, this is not a stand-up joke. This is no, a I've real heard that thing. Too. You know, I've heard it too. It, I just I had to throw that in there because it's hilarious, but, but also the, tragic. See, but still, I, I didn't know that because I, I I knew from the documentary for the original Terminator they were trying to get Lance Henriksen to play the Terminator, who actually he wasn't cast as the, the Terminator, but he was the cop mm-hmm. um, in, in that movie because they wanted him to be kind of like incognito and slender and moving around. But then it was like, yeah, it, it want to have that gravitas like Arnold would, I, right? I, I yeah. think that was in the original, that they wanted the original Terminator to be more of like an... Uh, Infiltrator. A lean, yeah, you know, lean. like more like blending with the crowd kind of guy. Yeah. And you kind of um, see that with T-1000. He's a right. cop, right? Yeah. And he's slender. Yes. And... Well, they, you know, that's the thing was, is that 
so if you know the story about this with how he did the original Terminator, you know how he ended up getting Terminator Two. Of course, it's just the original, which is a great movie. And he he was in London, James Cameron was, and he was trying to pitch this movie. So what he did was he had one of his buddies or he had an actor dress up as the Terminator and basically come into this studio office and act like he was going to attack it. And that's how he got this idea of the Terminator pitched to the studio. And that's how they ended up kind of getting it made. And it's such an interesting thing to hear about. Because he met with Arnold, because Arnold, he wanted Arnold to, I think he wanted, maybe wanted him to play John Connor. Even. I, I can't remember what it was. But it was, or not John Connor, but um, uh, Kyle Reese, maybe, is what he was. But he was wanting to do something. or he was, But either way, he met with him, and Arnold was like, I want to play the Terminator. Yeah, I, I just thought that was really neat that he had somebody, <laughs> basically, they busted out the door of this, this studio in London. And and that was that was how he got he pitched the Terminator movie. So on that note, going talking about Jim Cameron, number one pick, Avatar Aliens. <laughs> not yeah, definitely not Avatar. We no. hey, we told our listeners here if you want to listen about Avatar, this is not your podcast. Spoiler alert. Sorry, um, Aliens. And and I think when you've heard my prior picks, you probably don't know the why behind it because Aliens really inspired a lot of these picks, right? Even like when we're talking about Halo, right? Um, Sergeant Johnson, right? In Halo, he was in I forgot the his name and uh, Aliens, but it was the same character practically, right? The the vehicles, the Humvee, mm-hmm. everything in Halo pretty much was inspired by Aliens. But again, Jim Cameron doing a sequel that elevated the original, that honored it, but said, hey, you know what? I don't want to do the same thing. I want to take a horror film and I want to make it suspenseful. I want to use, you know, action and all of that. And also the character of Ripley, how Jim Cameron evolved the character in an organic way where, yeah, she was trying to survive in the first one and then she was trying to conquer her fear in the beginning of the second one, and then she fell in love with this girl in Newt and wanted to protect her as the mother, right? Mm-hmm. And just that relationship with Newt just rose her to that occasion and going head on with the Queen Alien. Like, get away from her, you you know, believe, right? And again, I I hate so much they killed Newt in, in Alien 3. Yeah. And like right off the bat too, like what how are you gonna take something that took so much like careful emotional character work and then just trash it you know yeah, for that, the sake of this sh- it's a shock value yeah. shock value that's what that was what it was it was for shock value and I guess to add they're trying to build Ripley's character more by using that as a way to do it in Alien 3 but the Aliens man that it, I mean it obviously turns Sigourney Weaver into an action star and it gave film. the blueprint for Sarah Connor and yes, her evolution did. as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, although Sarah Connor at the end of The Terminator, she like rose to the occasion. She conquered her mm-hmm. fear, right? But I think that was a good test for Jim Cameron with Sigourney Reaver and you know Ripley. How do you actually make a strong character, right? You know, and yes, a strong female, but but a strong character, but a strong character. Period. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I saw, you know, the Terminator, I'm like, these characters, Ripley and Sarah Connor, they're they're their own unique person in their own right. But you could believe both of their arcs, right, of where they're at and how they became what they became, right. Even when you don't, at least with Ripley's case, you see most of it on screen, right. Whereas Sarah Connor, there's that like that ten year gap, right. But you could still believe it. 
as far as how her character evolved. Yeah, and his, especially in those films, like from the '80s and you know early '90s, <clears throat> Cameron really did a great job of exploring human courage, right? And oh gosh, the depths absolutely. Of it. I mean, that's 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 what he, he did. did. He was he was masterful at that. I mean, I, I you know he did well, that in other films, he, right? I mean, he he did that in in I mean. Weirdly enough, like in Titanic, you know, he, he t- does he did, it in that. Yeah, and, but like but, in Aliens, the commander, he was a coward in the beginning, but then he had his hero moment. Mm-hmm. He sacrificed himself with one of the lieutenants who sh- she hated him, yeah. <laughs> for one, right? And they took care of each other. And then, um, you know, uh, Bill Paxson, you know, game over, man, game over. You know, he rose to the occasion as well, even though he got killed in the process. He still had his yeah. hero moment, right? Yep. So, yeah, Jim Cameron in that movie, he found a way to have everyone be elevated and the characters that were dirty scums they had you know um forgot his first name reitner he was the oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah he was the um the company guy mm-hmm. right he gets yep. killed you know rightfully so yeah but everyone else even bishop right mm-hmm. i think that was another thing too kind of interesting about how ripley had this fear of the androids right with bishop and right. bishop kind of like hey i'm taking care of you you know and i'm a good guy right Similar to with Sarah Connor and the fear of the T-800, mm-hmm, right? Yep. And the T-800's like, no, I'm here. Come with me if you want to live, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's some parallels between the two, but I think they're both still unique, right? It's yeah. not just... It's funny. I, I never really thought about it. You're absolutely right. There's a there's a ton of parallels there between uh, Ripley and, and Sarah Connor. I don't yeah. know why I've never made but it makes But it makes sense in both its own mm-hmm. story. It wasn't just like Jim Cameron saying, oh, you know what I did in Aliens, I'm going to do a repeat. You know, with Terminator too. Yeah, it, it was really looking at each character and kind of reflecting what worked and why, and what didn't, and why, and mm-hmm. and made it even better. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I had to say it's my, my number one movie too. I figured we'd have yeah. like a crossover. On that. Yeah, yeah. I, I it, you're, everything you guys said is right, and it's just um, it really is the most perfect sci-fi movie ever made. One of the most perfect films ever made. For what it does for film, I mean, in general, for the genre, for everything, I, yeah, it's like I said, I'm not a, a fan of Cameron's later work because it's not really something that I, I don't really, I just don't give a crap about Avatar. I mean, Titanic is what it is, but this movie is just, uh, and you know, it's awesome. And I mean, I, I, I really can't speak to any more than what we've already said about it because it's just that great. So for whatever reason, you haven't seen Aliens. And uh, you you want to or you're interested in it? Just go watch it. It's great. Maybe not with your children, but watch it because it's it's, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, Jim Cameron and Ridley Scott they have great problems on their hands, right? When they're it's like you know like our whole list is pretty much made up of those pretty, two guys. Yeah, you know? pretty much. But like with Aliens, you can say I really like Aliens and I like Alien mm-hmm. as well for yes. what it is. Right? It's yes. not like tribalism here nope. right the, the, that's when you know you did it right with the legacy sequel like we were talking about with Blade Runner right it's like yeah. I like both of them but I just had a different experience with one it right. wasn't like yep. one was better than the other it was just like I like them yep. both right and yep. both elevated one another mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an art it is so I, I have to put one movie above it and just so slightly above it and for me that's Predator Okay. Because Predator is, I, I've rewatched it way too many times. For for some reason, like several years ago, it became like an accidental tradition in my family to watch Predator Thanksgiving. Like every time we like walked in, like that is it hilarious. happened to be on, and like nobody could change the channel. 
you know, that type of thing. It is such a, unrelated to why I picked it, but I was just saying, like, it is such a perfect movie in that it creates a villain that seems almost impossible to destroy. And all the movies we've talked about, I think, do that, Mm -hmm. right, to some degree. But this villain seems so impossible to even begin to approach to, to harm it. Right. If it bleeds, um, we can kill it. Yeah. But but it's yeah, like that's it. And they tease it so idea. much, right? From the skinned body to the machine gun and, and not hitting anything. And Billy's freak out when he sees the you know, when he catches a glimpse of into the trees or whatever. The, the tease of, of the predator for so much of the movie, it, it takes a while really. Like mm-hmm. the the plot of the predator itself is kind of I wanna say it takes more than twenty minutes to get to that point. Right? I thought the predator was almost introduced like mid midway through the movie. Could because it, 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 it may be because, further. Because I think there was like there was a special mission, right? Mm-hmm. There's a special mission. They get, yep. ca- they called, get called in, called they in. land, they get briefed on like the fake reason why they're there, right? And they get sent out and they they, they approach the militia camp or whatever. Correct. Mm-hmm. They have the whole big gunfight there, and and then it's 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 after that that him and Carl Weathers, Carl, Carl Weathers' character, have a falling out, right? Right. Um, but he's still not aware, really, like what's going on. So like, it, it takes a while to get to that point. And then when he when they introduce it, it's so overwhelmingly powerful. Mm-hmm. It it can't be seen. It has alien technology that rivals the, the heaviest of guns you could bring at it. It's so strong. It's so big. It's so smart. It's so fierce. Right? Like everything. It, it's just like this well-rounded evil force of nature. And what I like about that so much is that. So, like, in recent years, you get all this trend in superhero movies and sci-fi pushing towards this sympathetic villain. A mm-hmm. villain that you can kind of understand. Thanos. He's a bad guy, but I get where he's coming from. Same thing even what they're kind of doing with, with uh, Kang. And, yeah. And, and you get that in other, you know, not, not to only, like, hit on Marvel, but, like, you get it, like, kind of all over the place, right? Even even you were talking about in, in Ex Machina, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's there's... Things there that that give you depth to the to the villain that you know it's not just a one dimensional type of evil force to deal with and that's good mm-hmm. and that and that I think comes as a result of so many years of having the opposite right but this movie does that so well that you almost don't care that there's no dimension to it other than it just wants to kill it wants to hunt right yeah. it's a game. Yeah, or it's a game for us, right? <clears throat> and, it, it, and 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 it, it's it's such a one sided fight, and then to see it get flipped, right, in the way that it 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 does in the end, is the type of thing that still like gets me on my feet, like like not literally, but like it makes me want to like stand yeah. up and cheer, right? Because like the way he faces off against it, like the way he outsmarts it, it is so damn well done, man. The music, I I love the Predator theme. And, and they've never been able to touch it again. I would yeah. say that, you know, the Terminator franchise had better success in that at least they got two movies out that were solid. Mm-hmm. Predator never again touched the magic yeah. of that first one. It didn't. I don't think it necessarily had to do with Arnold. Arnold did an incredible job as Dutch and, <laughs> and carrying that movie in the way that he did. But he didn't do it 100%. It, it was about the concept of that villain in that setting, in that situation that made it so terrifying and just larger than life type of conflict that you never think anybody can get out of and they do and it's entertaining as hell yeah so I, like and even like the crew like like Dutch and Carl Weathers yeah. and Jesse the body Ventura they're like big 
Yeah. Brawny dudes, yeah, right? Where huge, they command like, presence. Nobody could stop these guys. No one could stop yeah. them. And then you have this stealthy <laughs> alien, right? That kills them in one shot, right? Yeah. But, you know, honestly, like, one of the things I love about that movie is the quotes from Arnie. Oh, so there's, yeah. a, there's a YouTube video. It's like 160 greatest quotes from Arnie. Predator probably represents like 40% of them, right? They're yeah. like, get the, the chopper! Get you know, like, chopper. I mean, like, there, there's a litany of them. And, um, but totally epic movie. Yeah. Seriously. It's and, I, and it's a great uh, point about what you said about the Predator is not introduced in the beginning of the film. It's kind of like midway through, right? It's like, Two films, right? And then it completely changes, mm-hmm. right? After the mission's concluded. Yeah. Hey, let's just get to our helicopter and leave here. And then it's like, oh, no. You think and that I, was easy? No, you got a predator hunting you. And I just I just want to make sure to point out that that's not unique to Predator. That happens in Aliens. That happens in, in, in Terminator. It takes a little bit to kind of introduce this character that, that gets it. But, like, I don't think any of them take as long. And then when you finally do see it it's such a relentless force for them to deal with that it's it's um i don't know man you know we were raised on these like it, it's just it's this unstoppable force right this 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 thing that's like no matter the strongest of us now granted obviously arnold he, you know, dutch wins in the end but in that movie you're like who is going to be able to stop this highly advanced highly intelligent creature that's also gigantic strong all these things it's like you don't understand. Like, there's no all like you said. All he wants to do is they're hunting to kill you. There's nothing. There's no motivation. That is the motivation. And they are in. Okay. in... We know what the audience is wanting. This is between Dutch and the Predator, right? Yes. It's a sport. It's and, a game, and we are so happy with it. We don't have to make it more than what it is, right? And what's what's also crazy yeah. about it too is like Dutch is doing it. He's doing it out of fear, right? And survival. The the, the, <laughs> the Predator is doing. He's having fun. The two different dynamics there, really, you can't, you don't know what the predator's thinking, but you know what he's thinking. Every little thing, like you said, like that that last part of it, there's no dialogue because everybody else has been killed, so it, it's all just him. And and the storytelling is so beautifully done that you don't need anybody to hold your hand or spoon feed you anything about the plot. Like it's just you get it. Nice little shift there, and they didn't do it in the beginning of the movie; they did it right in the middle. Of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. They brought you in there. The anticipation. Like, oh, they're going to be okay. Mm-mm. Movie magic. They're right not. There. <laughs> they're not. Well, guys, it was a lot of fun talking about uh, our top five favorite sci-fi movies. We, had, Of course, we knew we were going to have some over- overlap with some of them. It's actually great that you know we had... We didn't even share them. Yeah. We did not share these. We did not share these. <laughs> yeah, I thought we would have a little bit more of a you know disagreement over some of these, but not really. It shows we have great taste. That's what it is. That it, that it That's is. what it is. You know, maybe towards the uh, Halloween season, maybe we can do our top five horror movies. I'm not sure how if you guys are big horror movie people. Or, oh hell yeah! But uh, you know, I, I haven't. I honestly don't watch them much anymore. But uh, I, I do have my top. I'm sure I have a top five hanging out of there when I think about it. But that'd be pretty fun. But on Instagram, it's Nerd Hero Pod. All the podcast platforms, you just search Nerd Hero. We're there for you. Go back, listen to the old episodes. Uh, We just have a great time doing this, so we hope you guys have enjoyed it as well.